0: Welcome to Unbooking the Territory Season 2, where we look at the first and last, the beginnings and ends, the alphas and omegas of professional wrestling. Attention
1: superstars, it's me, the finisher. On behalf
2: of WWE Chairman Mr McMahon, you're all fired! Enjoy your day jobs in Slam City! The finisher!
0: I'm one half of your host Dan Griffin, joined as ever by my partner in podcast, Pissed UTT Rob. Rob, how are you, mate?
1: I'm good, Dan. I'm good. Yeah. Towner staking the claim on promotions, so I'm very happy at the moment. Uh, quality win over Luton last night. So.
0: Yeah, you were there, weren't you?
1: Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. Was so that,
0: was that your first foray into football post-COVID?
1: Yes, yeah, so I was reckoning it, it probably cost me. Um, Seven hundred quid to go to that game because there's two season tickets and the remnants of the previous year. <laughs> <laughs> you, had me, you
0: had me worried then. I thought Hull were like massive. Uh, sorry, Huddersfield were just massively uh, overinflating the prices.
1: Oh no! I mean, there's been a price freeze for like five seasons if you keep renewing. So I'm still paying the uh, 2017 prices. Yeah, because i because obviously of COVID and you know not being able to go for, for whatever reasons. Uh, yeah, probably about seven hundred quid for that one, that one game
0: jesus christ oh well at least you got a win as we we're saying off record I, my brain is absolutely fried already this week we're not recording on our usual uh, usual night so if i go on any weird tangents it's just because my brain's more swiss cheese than usual so it's a good job we're uh, we're doing things a little bit differently for this record because we're uh, we're a little bit pressed for time this week because uh, uh, one of us me has a family commitment uh, <laughs> to get on with so we're actually Looking at uh, looking at a cartoon for once. Going back into cartoons after we did Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. We're going to be looking at uh, WWE's uh, Slam City. And since we're doing a cartoon, and uh, probably for this week and the next week, uh, it felt only right that we get a guest on. Someone who I've been meaning to get on the show for a good long while. And within half an hour of recording reminded me why I knew that would be an absolute nightmare. Uh, she's one of my best friends and the absolute bane of my life. Mackenzie Crompton, Maka, how are you?
2: Hello, Dan. Feeling neutral.
0: <laughs> I'm alright. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, we're going to do things a little bit differently as well. Macca's a first-time guest. Normally, we ask uh, you know ask about the five factors and uh, and chat a little bit before that. But I'm going to save that for. When uh, when Mac is back on and we're looking at an actual wrestling show, uh, because it'll be, it'll make uh, it'll make much more sense when we get to it. So we're going to forgo the usual formalities, but I had to get macaron on for uh, for the cartoon episodes because, to be honest, no one I know watches more cartoons than she does.
2: Very true. I do love
0: my cartoons. Yeah, it's uh, and it's all good fun, but uh, we already know what we're looking at. We're looking at Slam City, uh, so. I'm going to mix up the uh, the format a little bit and ask you guys what you'd recommend people drink while watching Slam City. So, Maka, what would you recommend people drink while watching this show?
2: Jesus. Slam City, to be fair, that only you could get away with a, a, a gin and lemonade. Yeah. yeah. Another
0: shout for gin. The few and far between on the show, but gin getting some more love.
2: Gin or rum. <laughs>
1: It's it's so short you could be doing shots during Slam City, couldn't you? Really?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, with that in mind, I'll just I'll skip ahead of you, Rob. Uh, my recommendation for Slam City because it is only about a minute and a half, it'd be uh, it'd be as many Jaeger bombs as you can slam down in that time. Fair enough. Because why not? Uh, what would you go for, Rob?
1: Well, all the WWF superstars have been fired, so they're looking for a job. So I'm going to go for Proper Job, which is a 4.5% IPA from St. Austell Brewery. Uh, it's not one that I thought was that great. I gave it 2 out of 5, and Beth gave it 1.75 out of 5. But believe it or not, Andy from Bam Bam Podcast, the drinker of Lapis Ridicule, has actually untapped this one. He gave it 3 mm-hmm. out of 5.
0: Jesus Christ, he's growing up. Oh, bless him. Being a student's doing all sorts of good stuff for him. He's actually he's actually developing a palate. I can't believe it. Uh, but on the uh, on the subject of uh, drink, I know I've got a, a beer on the go. Uh, Macca, are you having a, a an alcoholic beverage?
2: I am currently. I'm on the Northern Monk Northern Star.
0: Good stuff. Yeah, that's a nice one. Like nice. Yeah, it is. Uh, Rob, what are you on?
1: Yeah, at the moment I am on a. Paisa, which is a breakfast stout from Tartarus Brewers. It's um, 8.2%. It's bloody lovely. And if you go to tartarusbeers.co.uk and put in the promo code UTTpodcast15, you can get 15% off. You can. Oh. Indeed. And, um, yeah. So well, yeah. Worth get, yeah, well worth getting on there. Uh, and then after that, I've got um, a Madagascar vanilla stout, uh, which is only 5%, but that's from Donkey Stone Brewery. Fair. I've
0: never heard of Donkey Stone. They're in Oldham apparently, so. Oh, oh yeah. Well, some of the good's got to come out of there. No. <laughs> you know,
2: once um, that's done, they be going out for Chili Mead.
0: The deal that's a first for the show, Chili Mead. Yep. Wow. Well, How spicy we're talking?
2: Uh, it, it, it's very warming, but it's not going to blow your head off.
0: Oh, fair enough. No. Well, I'm starting off with Tartarus as well. I'm on a Rapunzel, which is a Belgian style blonde at seven point one percent. I didn't, I avoided the uh, the seventeen percenters because uh, as fried as my brain is, I'm not having a seventeen percenter on a school night. And then I have got a couple of Northern monks lined up, but we'll see if I uh, see if I actually get onto those uh, during the course of this show. Does uh, Beth have a beer for us, Rob? Yeah, she does.
2: And Beth's beer of the week is Ride Piper by Rat Brewery.
1: There it was, best beer of the week. It was Rye Piper by Rat Brewery. It's a rye IPA at 5.5%. Uh, it's one that um, she's had but not put a rating on, so she's untapped it but uh, forgot to rate it. But yeah, her at Rat Brewery are normally decent, so Lord only knows. Yeah, they are,
0: but come on, Beth. Get yourself sorted, get them rated. I mind you, I suppose, if you've had a few, it's difficult to remember.
1: I've noticed a pattern. She went to Boland Brewery with her mum and uh, had quite a few, and she hasn't actually given a score to any of them during that session, so.
0: Ah, uh, I see. Fair enough, fair enough. Yes, I don't know, you wanna, do you want to introduce the next bit? Or
1: Yeah, I just thought as we were looking at um, cartoons, and maybe we need to excuse, especially as this is a cartoon that's made for children, if we just explain, you know, what we like about a particular cartoon that we watch, you know, if there's um, anything that we're actually interested in and why it's perfectly fine for adults to watch it. So, Maka, do you have a uh, particular cartoon that, that you're watching at the moment or that you watch?
2: At the moment, you know, I'm trying to get through so many different TV shows, so cartoons hasn't been one of them, but my go to cartoon is probably The Simpsons at the moment. Old favorite been on the go for a very long time. I've still got to watch some of the newer series actually if I'm perfectly honest because I never had Sky for the last few years and then Disney Plus came along with all of them on and I thought, right, I'll make the way through these slowly really. and it has been slow <laughs> yeah. just because of being busy and not nothing otherwise and I like it because even though the characters never age, you do grow with them. You know, they go through so much together they have all these different stories and some of it I won't say you're you're, you're fully related, but you do get the gags. You do get bits and pieces. You bond with them. And likewise, children can watch it. I started watching The Simpsons as a child. Didn't get some of the jokes until I was older and gone, oh, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's a good all-rounder, generally speaking, for everybody.
1: Yeah, it's sort of turned into an industry now, The Simpsons, hasn't it? I think it's on, like, 33 seasons or something, especially the sort of early ones um seasons two to ten or something were absolutely golden i find myself just quoting them or you know someone will say something in everyday life and there'll be something that relates to it um yeah,
2: yeah.
0: that's steven's the influence series, as well
2: yeah the first series uh, of simpsons is very dated now but still entertaining but it really starts to become as you call it golden from series two onwards up until about series 10 or 11
1: yeah, it really, it really does. It really does. Some, some of them are, you know, when, when I catch some of the more modern ones, they do feel a bit sort of more zany. But yeah, yeah. You know, when, they, when, they were, when they were sort of really story-driven, they were, they were
2: awesome.
0: Yeah. I still watch Simpsons as well. I whack it on every now and again. Um, and I've watched the, uh, the newer ones. And it's like Maka says, it moves with the times, even though they don't age. And it, like you said, it's an institution by now. It'll be a very sad day if and when they decide to stop making it. Yeah, and I, I, I think sadly it's going to take it's going to take a death in the cast, which will be a horrible thing. But I just don't think it'd be the same with other people doing the voices.
2: No, and they've already had, had one death, haven't they? It was the uh, lady who did Mrs. Crabapple. Yeah, Apple.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they, uh, they they wrote they wrote the character out. That's right. I mean, you know, if it's if it's Nancy, if it's Nancy Cartwright or or Hankers Area or or whoever, because I think yeah, I think one of them was was close to walking away recently as well.
1: I mean, they must have the studio over a barrel in negotiations, though. The amount of money it makes, you know, it's sort of threaten yeah. to walk away, and are they going to let the whole franchise die, you know, yeah. for the and sake of an extra zero or
0: whatever? <laughs> well, they've had Fox over a barrel for years as well, haven't they? Yeah. Um, you know, the amount of time, the amount of jokes they make about the network and the network's expense and 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 all of that, it's it really is quite amazing for something that started out as a few sketches on uh, on the Tracy Ullman show.
1: Yeah, it's it's incredible how much um how much money it's made over the years. It really yes. is.
0: Um, but as, as for my cartoon, I had a few that I wanted uh, that I was sort of thinking about and could mention. Family Guy, I started watching when I was about thirteen. And because that, I didn't realise that started in 1999. So if it had been on the air continuously, that would have been around, would have been around for, you know, 23 years. And the one that got me about Family Guys, I started watching that at 13. So I didn't understand a lot of the jokes until I was much older. It was still funny, but I didn't fully get it. So I kind of like watching them back as I, as I got older and older, it's sort of the humour in it emerged more and more particularly for the older seasons now it's now it's sort of not quite the same like like you said about the Simpsons Rob it's gone a bit zanier and and a bit more sort of out there so for me the one that that I really like and have for a lot of years is American Dad because that started out quite sort of zany and and stupid and gave themselves a bit more leeway so it's felt sort of fresher for longer if you like it's just, it's just absolutely daft, and I love it. Um, I can't really say more than that. I think it's so. Sort of it's the characters in it are golden; they've all been fleshed out over the seasons, and yeah, I just it's the better one of the two, really. If you, you know, you talk about Seth MacFarlane and create properties, then for me, it's American Dad over over Family Guy. But I did just want to throw out a mention for Paradise PD because it's the polar opposite to what we just watched. Paradise PD is in no way for children. It's stupid, violent, juvenile, teenage boy humour from, from somebody called Waco O'Guin. And I shouldn't like it. It by, by every metric, it's nonsensical bollocks, but it absolutely tickles the piss out of me. It's three seasons of, of redneck idiocy that on the surface of it is all just swearing and dick jokes, but can actually get quite sort of topical and political it's kind of like what South Park used to be but with better animation and it just scratches that idiot teenage lizard part of my brain that still resides
1: and and it's interesting because um, the next time we're covering a cartoon together we're going to be uh, covering a WWE cartoon that's aimed at that uh, demographic
0: well, that's part of why I wanted to end on that one. It's almost like, a, almost like I thought it through.
1: Yeah, and it's the same reason that I've chosen the other cartoon that I have. I've chosen Star Trek Lower Decks, and one of the reasons is that it's a cartoon that's been entered into a well-established franchise. You've got the whole canon of Star Trek, just as you do with WWE. It's made in conjunction with the people that make Rick and Marty. And they've pitched it really well in that people can watch it uh, if they're just picking up it up for this, literally the first entrance into the Star Trek universe and just appreciate it for sort of the zany Rick and Morty world. But they can watch it and they'll get enough sort of fan service if they're already sort of involved with, with the other franchises in the universe. The other the other twist on classic Star Trek that I really like about it is that the rest of Star Trek is always focused on, you know, it's always on the flagship, it's always pushing the boundaries, of frontiers, it's always the best of the best. Lower Decks is set on a ship that specialises in second contact. so first contacts when you first... Meeting aliens, uh, race, and you've got all this—the um, troubles and diplomacy and whatever that would come with that. They describe second contact as um, checking out the best places to eat, that kind of thing, setting up the phone lines. So, <laughs> uh, and it doesn't follow the command crew either. It follows, as it says, lower decks. It's the lowest of the low. It's the people that are cleaning out all the mess that the officers make, that kind of thing. So, it's looking at it from a, a complete different lens to the rest of the franchise. And as I say, just that that wonderful balance of being able to be picked up by the casuals, but also having fan service for the people that want fan service.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm by no means a Star Trek fan. I've never really, never really got into it for not for any particular reason, just not not taking the time, to be quite honest. But if it's made in conjunction with the, the people who did Rick and Morty, then I'm uh, I'm all for that. I'll, uh, I'll I'll add it to my list and get round to it in about thirty years.
1: Well, I mean, Beth's never watched Star Trek, and will roll her eyes if I'd suggest watching the normal stuff. But she, she'll happily watch uh, Lower Decks just because it's 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 accessible.
0: What do you reckon, Maka, One for us to add to the list?
2: Yeah, definitely give it a whirl.
0: Well, I managed to make I managed to make you watch the first episode of Guardians of Justice. So <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Why not? Let's, have, let's give it a whirl.
0: Yeah. In fact, you mentioned Rick and Morty before. That was one that. I considered for my list, but I realised I've watched them all multiple times, and I still can't quite explain why I like them. It's the same as BoJack Horseman. I watched all the series of BoJack Horseman compulsively, you know, binge watched it through. I think it was it wasn't too long before lockdown, and all it did was leave me kind of depressed, but with moments of humour. But I couldn't stop watching it. I can't, in good conscience, recommend it to people, but it was compelling television, which you, which you can't really often say for a cartoon.
1: And I suppose that's all you can ask for a, a show to be, you know, something and we've we've talked about it before on episodes that we've reviewed. That thing that's going to make you want to watch the next episode, or if you binge watching, roll on to the next program.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. Did you have any uh, honourable mentions to throw out, Maka? No, I'm just listening to YouTube. <laughs> Sorry, it's not really. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe Tom and Jerry doesn't get a lucky.
2: Well, all right, Tom and Jerry. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm just trying to keep it more to. So, I don't know, wrestling the rest of stuff. I'm trying to make just so stay focused with Camp WWE and shit. Tom and Jerry's always up there on the top of the list. Looney Tunes, and oddly enough, things by Hanna Barbera like Flintstones, I have to say. But they all have a link all three of them are actually uh, voiced by Mel Blanc who is by far one of the greatest voiceover artists in I
0: the always, world yeah you, you've you yeah. told me that a few times and I always forget it and I'm always I'm always surprised
2: Mel Blanc he was the man of a thousand voices and even on his tombstone it says uh, uh, that's all folks the best I love that <laughs> yeah, yeah I do love that yeah 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 It's amazing, but he did he an awful lot of voices for so many different cartoons that we probably don't think of doing, and right up until he he was a really old man, so practically nearly into the 80s and 90s, or they might have used some of his voices after he died, you know, because he recorded that many, but by the time Space Jam came out, which was the 90s, uh, it wasn't his voice anymore, it was obviously a whole new cast, which is never the same.
1: But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing the career voice actors can have, isn't it? Because, as you say, they can do it to, to an older age when perhaps they'd already been recast, uh, you know, if they were on screen. But, yeah, the, the amount and variety of voices they can do and they can do several yeah. parts in the same show, all this sort of stuff, which is a lot more versatile uh, in a way than than the actors who are just there playing one part.
2: If you ever look up Mel Blank in interviews and you listen to him, his general normal voice is actually the best
0: of the Cat. All right, why? Wow. Really? I, I yeah. think I think you I think you showed me one a couple of those a few years back.
2: Yeah.
0: But again, I've, I've I've either forgotten over time or i was always a bit drunk. <laughs> I've just looked up Mel Blanc while we've been talking. He uh, he was he started being a you know voice actor or radio personality in 1927. And he worked right up until until his passing in
2: 1989. Uh it was
0: wow. like, yeah, yeah. It's crazy when you think about it. it it's a, you talk about great runs. That is a great run. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Did you have any uh, any other honourable mentions, Rob?
1: Well, you know, we've already covered things like The Simpsons, Future Armor again. You know, another Matt Groening production that's another one that yes. I, can, I can watch over and over again absolutely love that as I say I love Rick and Morty cartoons like that yeah they're, they're just uh, as you've said that you sort of end up noticing things um you know the, the stuff that's hidden uh, like double meanings or you know you can watch it on several levels so they're accessible to kids but there's also jokes in there for adults so yeah stuff, stuff like that is uh, right on my stream.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think. guess what what we're saying is animated stuff's not just for kids. It's a wonderful medium and a perfectly valid source of entertainment. So as I mentioned, a couple of times we're looking at uh, the first episode of Slam City. Uh, It's an animated show that was produced by WWE, which aired on the WWE Network and also Wednesday evenings on Nicktoons. Uh, It was based on the Mattel action figure series starring toyetic versions of the 2012 to 2014 wwe roster and i tried to look up what toyetic actually means as far as i can tell it basically means it's a fancy term for stop motion animation
1: in terms of, well i was wondering if that was something to do with the toys because slam city to me felt like he-man it felt like it had been engineered to sell the toy rather than a cartoon that had been successful and then a toy released off the back of it
0: yeah i think it it was definitely tied in because it was well, I could find saying that that Slam City was based on the Mattel action figure series,
1: right? Yeah.
0: So whether it was it was done, you know, the action figures came first, they released Slam City to try and boost the, um, you know, to boost the sales of those figures. I don't know. I couldn't find anything uh, anything concrete in that regard. Feels like it was though, doesn't it? You know. Oh yeah, it's definitely it's definitely marketing. Just the way it's set up, it's you know, I, I actually watched a couple of them, and it's all it's made so that kids will look at it. Take it in and then just look at the toys and think, want it. Yeah. I'm definitely not sat here on a pile of uh, of Mattel action figures based on Slam City. It didn't work on me. I'm not a child. I'm definitely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're an adult, so you've kept them in the original wrapping for your collection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I've done with a like couple of Funko Pops.
2: Even if I'd have been a kid, I wouldn't have installed on it though.
0: Yeah, but you normally prefer cartoons made before nineteen
2: eighty. Oh no, I like that modern stuff as well. A mm,
0: little bit, but now I know this isn't. I know this sort of animation style is very much not up your street. But we'll uh, we'll get to that. So we're looking at season one, episode one, Auto Tune Adjustment. As uh, as I mentioned, all the uh, the superstars have been sacked by a, a character called the Finisher on behalf of Vince McMahon, and they have to get day jobs in in Slam City. I hate the player, hate the game. Let me tell you something, Cole. You better Booker it better.
1: And that noise right there means it's time for Steve-O to Booker it better?
0: Oh, fucking hell. Well, let me tell you something, Cole. It's me, Booker T. And on behalf of WCW, remember WCW? The time when I was the five-time WCW champion. That's right, five-time. No one in the history has been the champion for that long. And... Oh my goodness, on behalf of
2: WCW and Eric Bischoff, he just wants to say one thing, that you're all fired. Now can you dig that? Sucker!
0: <laughs> I never thought in my life I'd hear Steve-O pretending to be Booker T, pretending to be a character called The Finisher. There's just too many, too many jokes and, and puns that go through my head with that.
1: Well, there wasn't much that he could have booked better on this show. I mean, basically, he's doing the whole show, just doing that little
0: bit. Yeah. Oh, God, love you, Steve. Thank you very much. But yeah, I I immediately internally giggle like a child because it's a mechanics and it's called Greasy Lube. And I apparently, at 33 years old, still can't see the word lube without sort of just internally going, (laughs) penises. Well, anybody who's known me for any length of time or listened to the show for any length of time knows that that's just—it's not going to change. I'm afraid. So they're looking for a mechanic, and they need so you need someone who works like a champion. And we hear what well, what sounds like a familiar voice saying, "Look no further because the champ is here." Uh, but I couldn't actually get any firm evidence that it was John Cena doing his voice.
1: Wait, you can't see him? Couldn't see him,
0: you can't. <laughs> couldn't see him on the IMDb. Couldn't see him on the IMDb list either.
1: No, it wasn't. It wasn't John Cena doing doing the voice. Unlike some WWE cartoons, they didn't actually have the official people in. But yeah, I think they just had a couple of voice artists that were doing everyone on uh, on Slam City. Yeah,
2: it was I was it, it didn't sound anything like him to me, and I wouldn't have known it was him just to look at him. In fact, I think I only knew it was him because it was mentioned. Or Dan said it was John Cena.
1: I couldn't tell who Cena was wrestling at the start either. They just seem to be like uh, a generic, leotard, bald, goatee man.
0: I think that was meant to be Big Show.
1: Well, he looked quite small and buff. Mind you, I suppose, if all the um, figures are the same height, you've got to uh, retcon
0: his (laughs) height. That's what wrestling is renowned for. Yeah. tell tell you ten different people are six foot or six foot one and there's about eight inches between them. Yeah. So Cena comes in and says the champ is here, and he gets the, you know, the logo in the background, and his music kicks off. And in in a joke that I, it amused me a little bit, the shop owner says, "Hey, no freeze framing." I don't know why that tickled me, but it did. I like that as well, though. Uh, I'm sure in
1: future episodes when we review other WWE cartoons, uh, we'll be talking about the lack of jokes. So at least they
0: had one. Yeah, true. And I, I know this. Me and, me and Macker actually watched this. Uh, watch this together, and uh, I, I think the best thing I can say at this point is that Macca was distinctly unimpressed. Is that right?
2: I was very, very pleased that it was uh, less than two minutes long.
1: Yeah, that, um, that is a definite bonus. <laughs> and,
0: and about a dozen jokes all went through my head at once about you being happy that it was less than two minutes, but we'll gloss over that. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs>
2: Because like, I already thought of something incredibly rude and I was writing my notes and I actually have it here to say, but I'll say it for eventually.
0: Yes, no worries. Um, <laughs> so is essentially put through his paces. What I did like was the cut into the back of the shop and the uh, the mechan- uh, the, ch- the head mechanic uh, rings a hubcap like a ring bell, which was a nice little touch that I caught on my second viewing. Said that cena has got three things to do. That he's got to do a 10-minute oil change. And we see Cena bite the lid off a thing of oil, throw it on the floor, stamp on it, and then slightly tilt the funnel, and all the oil goes in the engine. And another touch I like is that the elbow dropped the bonnet shut. But again, not a, not, not a brilliant visual gag, but the elbow drop made it worth it.
1: Yeah, he's, he's lucky he wasn't having to panel beat the uh, bonnet then after that, wasn't it?
0: It just shows how deft he is, just, you know, dropping the elbow, and it's all all pristine. He knows what he's doing. It's... Uh, it's the same death touch he uses on that uh, on that shitty uh, STF.
1: What's that other one he does where he sort of crosses his arms and punches? He like just brought it in towards the end of his run. It was like a, a knockout punch or something, but that looks shit.
0: Yeah, I can't remember now. It was it was some weird strike. It was it somehow managed to be worse looking than the Judas effect, because at least the Judas effect is a legitimate like MMA strike, but Cena just like. It's like he was trying to make a shadow butterfly with his hands and then just like smack someone in the tits, from what I remember. I could be completely wrong. But anyway, we're we'll getting sidetracked. Next up, he's got to do a 40 point inspection. But oh, wait, no, it's a 40,000 point inspection. You hear the you can't see me and the music's playing and seeing us whizzing about like the flash. And they're trying another visual gag, which is he's whizzing around doing everything quickly until he has to use the uh, the lift to get the car up, which goes at a normal pace.
1: It didn't pop up like a bit of toast, did it? It'd have been better if it did. Yeah, <laughs> gone straight
0: through the roof. Yeah, as we know from our recordings, we tack everything's better when something or someone pops up like a bit of toast. Exactly. Uh, but Cena basically turns the, this wreck of a car into a into sort of an Eddie Guerrero-style low rider, And... Uh, Spits oil to tick off the list, and manages to get a blob in the mechanic's face, and you get the uh, you know the comedy eyes poking out from behind all the muck. And I think that was the that was the first and only point Mackenzie actually let out a little chuckle.
2: Yeah, briefly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can tell by the short responses. Distinctly unimpressed was uh, was about the height of it. Um, he, he shines up the car. It's got a scene. As, it's got a scene as the music as the horn. And then the last challenge is to find the head mechanic a girlfriend. But he's got bad teeth, so he uses the buffer to clean his stuff off the teeth uh, and asks the mechanic if he'd settle for being a third less ugly. Which, okay, somehow gets him hired. And then Cena says, if you want some, come get some, as he changes the sign to open and then he gets bollocked for freeze-framing again. And that was the first episode of Slam City. What did you think to it, guys?
2: It was shite. There's a capital
0: F. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention your words, Macca. Say what you
2: mean. ask me, and I'm going to tell you. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Macca thought it was shite, Rob.
1: Well, having having watched the other thing that we're going to review in the upcoming weeks, not to spoil that review, and having watched Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, I thought it was better than those, and I thought there was at least a decent synergy between what they're trying to um, sell in the toys and the programme. And I could see it being aimed at kids. So I, I thought it was kind of middle of the road. Or, you know, it, it wasn't going to be winning any Oscars. But, but no. it's not the worst. It's not the worst thing WWE so WWF have
0: produced. This is true. It's not the worst thing, but it's not even, it's not one of the better things. It is sort of below average for me. But then again, I don't think any of us are really the target audience. No. Um... So
2: Genuinely, for children, either I just think it was absolutely crap, and they should have just started again and, and not really treated kids as being that dumb. I don't think they are, personally. Anyway,
0: Um some of them are.
2: Yeah, but no,
0: <laughs> yeah. I can't say something very mean about it being made I by Americans,
2: they but doing a lot more with it, and then I could think outside the whole thing. Apart from it, yes, being. No, 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 no. I, I'm going to get this one in now. It was a five of the hand. You know, it was just, yeah, I, I, I couldn't get on with I just couldn't get on with the animation. I couldn't get on with the, the really poor jokes and the fact that you just didn't know who it was. So even as a kid, I, even though I might have had an idea of, of who it is, I don't think I'd have rushed out to buy the toys because it just didn't look or sound anything like them. It just didn't tell at all. To me, anyway.
0: I disagree on the sounding like him. I thought this, the voice was pretty spot on.
2: Not for me, but yeah, fair enough.
0: Yeah, but you, you've not to not to belittle your opinion or anything, but you, you've not seen a, a vast amount of John Cena, have you?
2: I've seen enough of him. And I know I know him, in street, I know him in the street, and I know his
0: voice. Ah, I enough. do know
2: his voice. Yeah,
0: yeah. I've, I'm just I'm forgetting how long I'm forgetting how long I've known you again. I've, a lot of it's like trapped behind repressed memories. <laughs> but yeah, for me, it's middle of the road, uh, maybe just slightly less than average. If you had to give it a uh, a rating out of 10, Macca, what would you give it?
2: Fucking zero.
0: Wow, I think that's the first zero Um, we've ever had.
1: Well, we did get Tack giving HDW a minus three, to be fair.
0: So that makes it the first zero. Yeah. (laughs) What would you give it, Rob? I mean, we have watched
1: some absolute shite while we've been uh, reviewing these shows, so I'm going to give it a five, uh, and part of that's because it's mercifully short. But, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's more middle of the road than truly, truly awful, personally.
0: Yeah, I'm along a similar line. It's brevity does work in its uh, in its favour, but it's still not great, so I'd give it a, uh, I'd give it a four.
2: Matt, who cannot hear this before, because he's got his headphones on, has actually, his ass has given us what his arse thinks of it, and it was a fart. So I'm going to say that a is from him as well. Lovely.
1: <laughs> 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 he, he might be taking a break from Twitch, but he's still uh, <laughs> still getting his content out there.
2: Even <laughs>
1: <laughs> So, would it surprise you mm. that the community vote on IMDb gave this particular episode an overall rating of seven point
0: two out of ten? Jeez, wow. Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> Did, I didn't realize the I didn't realise kids were uh, that many kids had IMDB accounts.
1: Well, I, I don't know. Maybe Vince McMahon's been going in and uh, creating it. Um, maybe there's an army of bots filling in the rating. I'm topics <laughs> to think is <laughs> going on at the moment. That,
2: that'll there be when they will be
0: trying to, to, to the WWE. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> So,
1: there weren't any adverts on this show surprisingly it only lasted two minutes um although there probably was an advert before it started on the network i didn't write down <laughs> what that was but in terms of shout outs that we've had for the show steve-o at total steve-o has posted his blooper reels from his Booker in it better so thank you very much for that
0: oh, always one of the highlights of the week
1: yeah it, re- it really is and he also posted a sign that would have got our sign of the night, saying, Goldberg had sex with my dad. Who's next?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that. That was brilliant.
1: Andy from the Bam Bam podcast said that in the Monday morning wars we'd lowered the tone by A, having Marty on, and B, spending half the episode talking about the Naked Women's Wrestling League, although, to be fair, that was... Marty, that was doing that. Although, then he had the cheek to have Marty on his show this week.
0: It's it's almost like Andy's a hypocrite. But we will go there. I wouldn't level that that sort of accusation at him. I'm just still still sorry for Marty that we gave him something so dull to watch.
1: And it was so dull. And as Marty's pointed out, uh, he tweeted out from the Marty and Fitch podcast Twitter that it uh, completely forgot that we'd um, abandoned the show to start uh, aligning '80s wrestlers with Marvel characters.
0: Yeah, we need to get Marty back and do that as a special one day. Maybe get a few people in on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Although I think Millwall Chris is down for the uh, naked women's wrestling league because uh, he was quite excited that it contained Carmen
0: Electra. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna give it the O of old course, as if I'm above watching it. <laughs> and uh, Fitch at. Daddy
1: and Alfred uh, from the Marty and Fitch podcast is also up for it as well. So, yeah, I think we've got a whole host of people that are gagging to do that. <laughs> you
0: don't need me. You don't need me that week.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't need me either. Yeah, you can, you can do it yourselves and uh, we're really... No, I was going to say we release it for you, but you can release it yourselves. Yeah, and Chris Bellis at Real Chris Bellis said that he'd really enjoyed the show and also said that... His uh, his son really loves Slam City and couldn't be more excited at the thought of us uh, reviewing it. Although <laughs> not giving it the glowing review as hoping for, but may well get his son on in the future to uh, discuss Slam City from the target audience point of view.
0: Yeah, I think we will do. It'll be uh, it'll be great to have the uh, the youngest member of the council of Dan's on the show.
1: Yeah, superb. Jay at eighties and nineties wrestling said that he was uh, doing a watch along along with the episodes that we've released. So he watched the episodes of WWF Superstars that we reviewed with Matt as he's going through the gamut of season two.
0: Despite my best efforts to get him to watch Black Saturday because I read the fucking message wrong. Uh,
1: well, he'll get to that eventually. Uh, yeah. Just just a, a mere 18 weeks later.
0: I was thinking ahead.
1: Yep. Talking about the Black Saturday one, uh, Lee Conway at LDcom71 said it was a great episode for what sounded like a shit 45 minutes of wrestling.
0: That's an accurate assessment. Thanks very much, Lee. Um, And as we say, every time he he contacts us, there will be uh, future episodes of of Lee CW as our ECW correspondent.
1: Graham tweeted out from the Good Cop, Bad Cop uh, Wrestling podcast. Twitter that he was listening to UTT podcast while he was at uh, lacrosse practice, although he was just sitting in the car as it was raining
0: I know, I can't believe it, His poor lads out there doing lacrosse practice in the rain and Graham doesn't have the decency to get his steps in and, and get soaking with him to show solidarity, I can't believe it
1: mm, He shouldn't have been driving because the same day he contacted us to say ha- happy National Beer Day so.
0: <laughs> I highly doubt Graeme was that <laughs> irresponsible <laughs> Even we're not that bad.
1: No, no, we're not. Damn it, at Scottish Juggalo said that Marty was the Lex Luger of wrestling podcasts uh, appearing on um, UTT and Bang Bang within the same week.
0: That's uh, that's a nasty thing to call someone. Nobody wants to be Lex Luger.
1: No, no, they don't. And Tack at Tack Brown said that someone needed to work on making a time machine so where uh, Steve-O could go and book a world of sport better.
0: <laughs> it'd certainly be an experience having, uh, having Steve-O and Kent Walton in the booth.
1: Well, it, it'd have helped Kent Walton. Well, Sometimes he got lost on his own, didn't he? So Steve-O could see him right. Yeah, and it'd make it vastly more
0: entertaining. I do. Imagine Steve-O a Les Kellett match better.
1: Yeah, he'd be brilliant. I think we need just to get Steve or just to go back and uh, dub commentary over all wrestling. I'd be up for that. Yeah. Yep. so that's it.
0: All right, sound. Uh, So thank you for all those shout-outs. We always appreciate them and everybody who listens. Uh, So I guess all that's left to do now is uh, wrap up the show and let people know where they can find us. Uh, So, Maka, do you want to plug uh, your social media and uh, and anything else you might have to uh, to put forward?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course (laughs) I do. So I run a uh, historical ghost walk in York and if you want to come along and visit me and listen to me a to, lot to about history and stuff, please go to www.shadowsofyork.co.uk
1: <laughs> And it is a really excellent ghost walk. Um, uh, I've been uh, on that with you. And um, yeah, as you say, it's uh, really informative, not just about the ghost side of it, but also the history of York. Really enjoyed it.
2: Thank you. Uh, oh, and also, uh, I think i say levels might be a bit out, but if you want to look up Scare Queen on YouTube, uh, it will eventually be on iTunes again, then have a look at that as well. If you like tongue-in-cheek alternative rock, then that's me. <laughs> yeah,
0: and you can also find Shadows of York on Twitter and Instagram at Shadows of York, if you want to go and take a look awesome. there and...
2: Thanks
0: for that as well. <laughs> well, I knew you'd forget the socials. Um, yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Great stuff, uh, Rob. Where can people find you?
1: You can find me at UTT Rob. It's more about the mutuals than it is about the followers. So I'm absolutely more than happy to follow back. You can find it the same on the same podcast channel as this other project which is on Booking the tank Atari, and that's at UTT Tank on Twitter where we follow the ups and downs of the in-ring career of Tank Abbott. and on the Twitter oh. feed for that you'll find some hashtag tank facts such as an independent study confirmed that much of the staunch anti-Tank Abbot online community weren't real individuals it was run by a staff of thousands of accounts and an army of bots to signal boost them look closely They now all have black eyes, even the bots.
0: And that's all because Tank Abbott was pulling his punches as he didn't want multiple murder charges.
1: Exactly. And um, Tank Abbott eats kryptonite for breakfast? It's true, I've seen it. (laughs) And Tank Abbott once beat the Mona Lisa in a staring competition.
0: Yep, it lasted 37 days, but the Mona Lisa finally gave (laughs) in.
1: Also on the same feed that you're listening to this, you can hear the One Man's Meat podcast where Danny at Scottish Juggler and the real Chris Bellis are absolutely knocking it out of the park with the forgotten storylines, wrestlers that uh, uh, might not be remembered or might not be that popular, that kind of thing. Absolutely knocking it out of the park over there, so it's well worth checking it out.
0: It really is, and Chris has actually embarked on a, uh, on a solo project as well called Acceptable in the 90s. Uh, where he's uh, so far looking at, at Monday Night Raws, uh, but he's going to go on to look at Nitros and, and other bits and pieces uh, as he reminisces fondly of the uh, of the nineteen nineties. I'd really recommend that. It's it's always very impressive to me when people can podcast solo because it is very difficult to just sort of talk into a microphone with nobody to uh, nobody to riff off or respond. So well done, Chris, mate. Absolutely smashing it.
1: And you may well hear um, Danny and Chris talking about. One Tank Abbott very
0: shortly. Yeah, but they re- they rejected my name of One Tank's Beef for that uh, for that <laughs> for those few episodes. I don't know why. Probably because it was shit. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Dan Griffin Twenty One. Usually tweeting about wrestling that's a minimum six weeks out of date or movies that are twenty five years out of date. And you can also hear me on the Doctor Who Pod with Cy Powell, where we alternate looking at episodes of. Uh, old uh, classic Doctor Who and new Doctor Who, seeing what lands for me with a classic uh, as a new Who fan, and seeing what lands for Cy with the new Who as more of a classic fan. Uh, that comes out every Tuesday, and you can find us on Twitter at The Doctor Who Pod. That's the D R W H O P O D. So thanks for listening there. Join, ne- uh, join us next time when we'll be doing another cartoon episode looking at Camp WWE. Yay! Not not giving it away too early or anything. (laughs) Suffice to say, we we might have some differing opinions, and it's gonna it's gonna really highlight which one of us on the recording is the most childish. (laughs) I'll give you ten guesses who that is. (laughs)
2: It'll
1: be interesting. It'll be interesting.
0: (laughs) This might be our last episode. What ended the podcast, Dan? Was it yeah. constantly being late because you had to shit or you just didn't set up in time when you had to go get beer? Uh, no, it's because we, we we disagreed about a cartoon. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: Tune in next week and find out if we have one more episode after that left in us. Thank you for listening.
1: <laughs> now, I won't hire just anyone. What I need is someone who'll work like... Um... A champion.
0: Well, look no further, cause the champ is here! (laughs)
1: Hey, no freeze-framing on the job.